Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. Back in our habitual surrounds for the Vuelta TT, the only individual time trial in this year's edition. And it's only 26 or 25.8 kilometers as well in Valladolid, a city circuit, but it goes out and... It's not too technical uh, compared to other city TTs that we've had in the past. It does have a little hill in it, but it is one, as uh, all the guys who did the recon this morning said, for the specialists, largely being flat. And yes, there's corners, but the good time trialists didn't let up even pedaling through them, let alone getting out of their uh, custom extensions. Uh, I, I enjoyed If you want to watch something, go and watch the first right-hand corner for all the time trialists. Uh, <laughs> that's quite. I always like doing that to see who who yeah. pedals, who gets out of the skis, etc. But uh, what was the before we get into the what happened? Man, you, the the betting odds. Remco was the heavy favorite for this TT, right? I maybe I'm the degenerate that should remember this better. I've got absolutely no clue. I just know that in my head, it was either between Gena or Remco when it comes to the stage win, and I couldn't really care less about the stage win itself. I care about the GC time. So whether Gena beats Remco or Remco beats Gena. The things I want to know is how close Roglic is to Ramco, how close uh, an Ayuso can, can be on the day like today, where Vingegaard will be if Sepkus can keep his red jersey towards Solaire. Like, I don't really care who wins this time trial before this, to be honest. It was everyone desperate to gain time, everyone desperate to maintain their position. You can't, there's so many strong TT guys on their day in this course, like Vlasov, Almeida, Ayuso, not, you know... Notwithstanding the world champion Remco and the Olympic champion Roglic, there's also what could Jonas Vingegaard do? Who obviously doesn't look in his tour shape, but who knows what could happen? And also Kuz, like it was a really interesting TT uh, to go into. And yeah, Remco was the heavy favorite to win it, which there was a, yeah, a fair bit of Ghana disrespect. Not also considering <laughs> that if it was close, Ghana had potentially four guys he could catch, probably most definitely three, because because he's not in GC, he goes earlier yep. and he has. Bad time trialers not trying, starting ahead of him with one minute intervals. Remco and the other GC, Remco has one bad time trialist. Fortunately for him, it's Lander, who he <laughs> was able to catch starting two minutes before him. So Remco is able to catch one guy. Ganek caught four. That does make a difference. That does make a difference. And uh, to give more context, it's about the draft, right? We're talking about the yes. slight draft you get from the rider, but also from the following vehicles of that rider that is ahead of you. If you've got four riders, you've got four times as much potential draft than if you had one rider ahead of you that can pass. But not even that, if we look at the run-in towards this time troll, Gennard didn't have to go all out every single day. Edemko had to go all out basically every single day, except for the neutralized segments at the end of two stages. But outside of that, there's the other factor of who benefits the rest day more? And I'd argue probably Gena. Yeah, because... probably. Well, you mean in terms of media stuff? As well, I actually hadn't thought about that either. Just in general, I would have expected that to benefit Ghana a bit more. Yeah, and also through these corners, there are some, there's a 180-degree turn. There's some 90-degree corners. Ghana can take a few more risks than Remco. 
you know, he needs to go all out for the victory. So that was how the TT was shaping up. Ganon went early and he did set that benchmark without really us knowing, uh, apart from Oliveira <laughs> and apart from Bissega, who ended up finishing 10 positions, 11 positions behind Ghana, we didn't really know. I did think it was pretty shit hot. Uh, to average 56 kph on this course it, with a hill with these corners, I thought that was a, a very very quick time, and and that's but we had to wait, and then we you know that was what 119 ahead of Bissega, and then Oliveira he was still one minute 12 ahead. I thought that's a good time, Oliveira, who recently top 10 the World Championships TT, and also I think a longer TT does suit Remco more than a half an hour 25 minute TT yeah. where. Uh, a bit advantage, Ghana. Um, anyway, so Ghana sets that time. T1, he's at one, he's first. T2, he's first. T1 to T2, he's first. T3, T2 to the finish, he doesn't end up finishing first. We see Vlasov set one of the best times for a GC rider, only oof, uh, less than a minute behind Ghana. But then Roglic is second at T1. He's rolled out before Remco. He's one second ahead of Remco at T1, which is the quote unquote slower section. They averaged 52 kilometers an hour in that section. The last uh, bit to the finish was nearly 59 kilometers an hour, 60 kph. And then Remco starts to claw it back. T2, he's now nine seconds ahead of Roglic. T1 to T2, he's seven seconds slower than Ghana, though. So the stage win is not looking like it's happening for Remco, and it doesn't. He finishes second. Ghana takes another victory. He has not won a tour stage. He has won Giro stages, but now he's got a win in the Vuelta. He finishes 16 seconds ahead of Remco. And then Roglic, a really good performance, 36 behind Ghana, 20 seconds behind Remco. I think Roglic, I think he'll be happy with, happier than Remco today. 100%. Like Roglic will be really happy about only losing 1920. It's 20 on paper, but it looked more like 19 on the road. <laughs> 20 seconds lost from Remco on a day like today. He's going to be very happy with that, especially because I reckon he, he lost more in the Giro, if I recall correctly, on that one day. So He lost 45-50 on the opening TT. Yeah, for example. But next to that, it's also, he's not just doing that, he's also gaining time on other competitors on the road True. next to being close to Remco. So he's putting every one except for Remco on a distance. There's some TTs here, for example, by Almeida, that are really good as well. But let's talk through the Remco one for a second. You said it. You you spoke about the fact that the first portion of the time trial, he had a slower time than Roglic, but then started crawling it back. I wasn't overly comfortable with Remco on the first segment, and I don't know why. I can't specify what, but for example, there was this one left-hand corner where Roglic went through it at a, a rather fast pace, was looking at the... Yeah, just a sharper corner that Roglic did, and Remco did it at a slower pace, and I don't know, is it that Remco had to diesel into his time trial a bit more, or is it that Roglic lost some speed in the second and third segment? Well, there's, there's two things. Firstly, as you say, it is. I think Roglic and Vingegaard are better technically on the TT bike than Remco. Same with mm -hmm. Pogacar. Remco in the corners is like, go and watch the first corner. Unfortunately, they didn't show Vingegaard, they did show Roglic, but... Roglic does not stop pedaling, does not get out of the skis in corner one. Uh, Remco has to come off the pedals just a little bit. That could be half a second, maybe uh, three, three tenths of a second, and they all add up. There are probably 20 corners in this course. So, you know, that could be five, seven seconds. And then the second part of the equation is that Jumbo's TT setup 
consistently throughout the year has not looked as quick on the high speed segments. And so the first part of the course is 50-52k in yep. our average. And it's close there. In fact, at T1, Roglic is ahead. In fact, at T1, a Vingegaard is fifth. Uh, not very far behind Remco, 14.39. He was, can I do maths? 14 seconds behind Remco at T1, <laughs> 15 minutes in. And then you look at T, say, T2 to the finish, which is nearly, Remco averaged 60 kph, a six-minute segment. Roglic is fourth. Uh, well, this is weird timing. Maybe Roglic is third. Vingegaard is 12th. Uh, even T1 to T2. If this is to be believed, T1 to T2 on the 57k an hour section, that Rollish did, he was ninth in that seven-minute section. And there's no way he was pedaling. He was like physically the ninth worst or blowing up because yeah. his T2 to the finish was fast. So I don't know if that was pacing, but I think Yumbo were very close T1. And then as the course got quicker, their setup consistently throughout the year has not been as fast. And the 55k an hour plus, and, and that played into it. And also, Vingar had bad, was not as good. Even yeah. accounting for that, Benji, Vingegaard here finishes 10th on 118 to Ghana on 102 to Avonapool. He's finished six seconds behind Mark Soler here. There's no... You can talk about setup all you like. Mark Soler's looking around like a meerkat at the end of his TT. <laughs> Vingegaard was not as good today as he has been in the past. Yep, that's very true. There's no excuses for that. And 102 is a lot of time towards Evenepoel. And that's 42 seconds to Primoz's teammate. That changes up the, the strategies that they might employ in the next two weeks, for example. Losing time towards Ayuso to Almeida. And you said it, Marc Soler. But also, he's only gaining 11 seconds on Sepkus, who started off rather... Like, when he started off, it was a good time. It was a solid time. I was like, okay, he's going to keep the red jersey because... Soler's only going four seconds faster yeah, than him yeah. at the no first time check. 50. So Soler wasn't going to take over the red jersey. And it was like 29 seconds, if I recall, towards Remco at T1. So I was thinking, wait, Remco's not going to get there either. So he's going to keep the red jersey. But from that point onwards, he, he stayed consistent, not just in the second portion, which was, I don't know, the second portion for every Yumbo rider was a bit meh. Like, because it was 18th on the T1 to T2, for example. But in the last segment, this time was... 113 in total across the entire uh, time trial behind Remco. So that's only 12 seconds slower than Jonas Vingegaard. So Semkas, first of all, a very, very good time trial. I'd say he's one of the three winners of this time trial next to Primoz and next to Joao Almeida. Those are the three clear winners for me of this time trial. And I, I agree, yeah. Is there any other rider where you say you're a winner? Vlasov, but that's Did true. you say Soler? I did not. I think Soler did a very, very good TT. In fact, I think he was shocked that he came in. Soler finishes eighth <laughs> in this TT. I'll, I'll run through from Roglic below, and then I'll just finish that point. Al Almeida, as Benji said, a very, very good TT. 50 seconds behind Ghana. That's 34 on Avonapol, 14 on Roglic. He'll take that. He worked into his TT. at. Uh, he was ninth at T1. And then PCS uh, timetable does not have his other. Yeah, got better and better over time. Got and better. We noticed yeah. that with every UAE rider, I think. I reckon they've oh, got Yuso something back, where no? they... Yeah, except for Ayuso. Ayuso just went back to the Shadow Realm towards the end of the time trial. Yeah. But when it comes to Solera and Almeida, their third part was also really bloody strong. Um, and I reckon it's the best part of both their time trials. For sure. The last uh, segment. Vlasov on 52 seconds in fifth. He's only 16 behind Roglic and uh, 20... Can I do maths? Can I do maths? 26 behind Remco. Katano 109. Nice performance, but not relevant. 
Uh, Ayuso, <laughs> I thought, could go a little bit quicker. Especially when I saw T1. Yeah. He faded a little bit. I thought he'd be under one minute to Ghana. He ends up being on 111, which is 55 seconds off. Even a pool, I was, thought he could go 40. Soler, only one second slower than Ayuso. So as I said, that either a huge... If Soler's finishing one second behind Ayuso in, the, in eighth, he'd be thinking, fuck, I'm taking, I'm taking 48 seconds on Kuz. He doesn't. Oliveira in ninth, same time as Soler. Vingegaard in 10th, 118. Sepp Kuz on 129, as you said. So 129 to Ghana, but that's only 113 to Remco. We would, to me, if there was a betting over-under before the stage, a head-to-head, how much will Remco beat Kuz by? It would have been set, I think, at two minutes. Okay, I take... had it at 141 this morning. Okay. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm uh, underrating Kuz TT, but I think it would have been set around there, two minutes. So, yeah, a massive over-performance by Kuz. And, um, and yeah, he paced it pretty well. Mars, we'll, we'll go to a bit of the negatives. Mars on 146, like, that's really bad, frankly, given that, yeah. you know, if Kuz can do that, then he finishes another 17 seconds back. Uh, Thomas had a mechanical and I think kind of parked it. Carthy yeah, he's on also on 12 minutes in GC already before yeah. this, so kind of irrelevant, just like Cataneo. Lander 221, which is 205 behind... Remco Lenny 229, which is two, uh, 13, 13 maybe behind Remco. Hyun, really bad, really, really bad for someone on a Bora <laughs> Hansgrohe setup who's not 55 kilos to lose six seconds to Lenny is really surprising, actually. Uh, he, if he wants to be a serious GC guy, his biggest weakness right now is his TT yeah. performance. And so, to, and he's young. I'm not trying to be horrible, but I'm just saying, like, it surprised me how. Because he's not 55 kilos. Like, he's not like Lenny. Like, Lenny, you're like, oh, fuck. I'm not going to criticize Lenny if you're going to slow it. Yeah. <laughs> Flat course. Um, but is there anyone else GC relevant that I've missed? I reckon you've got the most important riders. And the thing they're like, like yeah, Landa lost time. Landa lost time as well in this time trial. But the, the thing when it comes to the riders we see here is I feel like Ayuso disappointed. I feel like Vinger got disappointed. Those are the two. Even though. When it comes to Vingo, I didn't expect a great time. And I don't know why, because in Tour de France, he had one of the best time trials I've ever seen in, in cycling. And then we continue forward to this race, and it's just the, the, the surviving factor of him so far this race. He's always trying to survive the climbing stages. He's always trying to hold on to groups, never really attacking. So I never felt like he was good enough to make the move in the first place. And that in combination with the, the T, T setup of Jumbo Visma on the flat portions, I wasn't very confident in him, but I also didn't expect him to shit the bed like he did today. So I, I expected him to be closer. But when it comes to a user, I also expected the same. He was just consistently average from start to finish. Is average even too nice? Are you so? Yeah. I thought he was moving pretty well at the, the first TT, in the first intermediate. He was seventh there, but yeah, he kind of... He got a bit slower T1 to T2. He shifts around on his saddle a lot. He, he, he is not... And it must be losing him time. It yeah. must be. He must be... He cannot be pedaling consistently yeah. every time. And he's doing it once every 10 seconds moving on that saddle. So that's something they need to fix uh, because he's losing seconds. Maybe, yeah, quite a lot of seconds. Because his position in terms of his head looks quite good. Uh, what was I going to say? Vingegaard, yeah, it's like 
He clearly doesn't have the watts of the tour. Otherwise, frankly, he would have dropped everybody on Havalambre and, and yeah. Aronsal and, and other stages. But also, um, the Tour TT was, what was the average speed of that TT? 41 kph. And, um, and here it's 55 kph, uh, 56, 57 for the winner. So it is a different different TT. Same thing with Roglic in the uh, Giro. His best TT was the last one, which was up the mountain. So, yeah, I think I'll do the revised. Is there anything else from the TT, Benji? I mean, Ghana does the job. I want to, you know, Dan Bigham, I saw on Instagram, he was there in Valladolid. They get the job done, that duo. Um, and yeah, I think that makes, I think Ghana's had a, his best season ever. Because uh, I really think he has, even though that sounds kind of, he, I feel uh, like Ghana's had more hyped seasons and he's obviously won World's TT. But this year, second in San Remo, sixth in Roubaix, 10th in E3. And he won the Torino TT, and he's now one of Welter TT, and he won world champs on the track. I think he's had a very good yeah, season. I agree he's got a good season, as in 16 Roubaix, second in Milan San Remo, but what do you buy with that? What do you buy with a sixth place in Roubaix, for example? You can argue he can compete for the victory in the future at some point, but I think he, he's missing stage wins in, in like the Tour de France, for example, because no offense, but the Vuelta's not the Tour de France when it comes to... No. Uh, a, tour de, a Tour de France stage wins is, is higher higher value. When it comes to the World Championships ITT, I think he'd rather win that instead of getting second. So I don't know if he values this as much as winning the World Championships ITT, for example. And I actually haven't kept up with what he did on track, so I can't tell you if he did well there or not. True, and he lost the Giro opening TT and then didn't start on stage eight, so he didn't win a Giro TT. Maybe I'm overrating it a little bit. I think probably I am, but... I've been more impressed by his road performance. I think yeah. he's taken a big right up there in the mix. So, um, and I think I think was, Ineos actually do have to be happy with that. And he was second behind Miguel Angel, the uh, Miguel Angel, the Rocket Lopez on Alto Colorado, my friend. Benji, Sean at the start Kelly, Narson. <laughs> <laughs> Miguel Angues. <laughs> That's yeah. a pretty cool name, not gonna lie. <laughs> but regardless of that, I think there's something I want to discuss before we head over to the future of this Velta, and it's about the future of the Velta. Now, when it comes to the GC, we have, like you, well, Sepkas is still in the lead. And if we take a look at the Yambo riders only for a second, Roglic is on 136, and Vingo is on 222. If we take a look at those three riders, compared to a Remco, for example, on 109, what do you see as a strategy when it comes to Yambo? Because I, I kind of feel like Sepkas is now even more one of the protected riders compared to the one that will have to launch the first on the climbs. I feel like Vingo is now the guy you said do the, you do the first attack with, unlike what Kaz was doing the last few days. First of all, yeah, Kus now being through that TT ahead means that if he attacks, well, first of all, go back to first principles, to win the race, Ayuso, Almeida, or Remco have to put time into Sepkus. So yes. default position, they have to do something. Um, and that means, say Sepkus in a very conventional, actually boring stage on the Tourmalet, like nothing really happens, but he starts to drop a bit on Tourmalet with 5Ks to go. Remco's dropped him. He has, Rem he has Roglic in the wheel. What, what is it? He has to just pace yeah. with Roglic in the wheel? Honestly, I reckon that if he is stops, the best thing to do. Because he comes back. 
If I'm Remco, I would gladly ride Roglic to the line to eliminate one of the other three yeah, leaders. Yeah, but he will counter you. And yes, he will counter you, but that's part of the game. You're going to lose time in that scenario. You, you got to accept that you lose time, but you got to make sure that if you lose time, you make sure you, you destroy one of the three leaders in the process. So I think, uh, and first of all, it, it goes to tomorrow. So maybe tomorrow, right? If Ingegaard was where he is and Koos was nowhere, maybe you go for the stage win tomorrow with Roglic. I really don't think Yambo should do that. Because why would you go for this? We'll preview it properly, but it's like an uphill sprint. You're not going to get any serious GC time. Why would you go for an uphill sprint? Koos might lose 10, 12 seconds. Like he lost seven seconds. He maybe didn't need to on stage nine because Roglic attacked. Remco would have just rode it in and Koos wouldn't have lost any time. Do yeah. you really put Koos on more time so Roglic can take four bonies or maybe even lose to Remco in the sprint? I don't think so. Uh, I think so. That's more protection for Koos. And yeah, as I said, it just means that I think it's just flat hierarchy and it's always actually been that way. And, you know, yeah, it wasn't into the race, obviously. And, you know, the Yumbo yeah. directors have been saying, yeah, like the two main leaders have been Vingegaard and Roglic. But you, if Koos is in red by 50 seconds and he's climbing well, you're not just going to throw that away. You're not going to just tell him to get on the front and pace. That'd be ridiculous. I agree. Now, we also have to look at the fact that when it comes to GC, yeah, Roglic got relatively close to Remco today in the time trial, but he's still on time. Eh? He's still on a solid 27 seconds, 26 seconds, 27 Actually, I'll, seconds I'll, do, right I'll run through the top 10 quickly okay. so, we, uh, so we have the, the foundation. So Koos is in the lead 26 seconds ahead of Soler. So Yumbo and UAE have two ahead. Remco is on 109. Uh, and Soler, I think, is quite on, still quite under the radar. That TT was very impressive today. Roglic is on 136. That is 27 seconds behind Remco. Not a small gap. Martinez down to 202. Almeida on 216 behind Kuz, which is one, one minute and seven seconds behind Remco and 40 seconds behind Roglic. Vingegaard's on 222 behind Kuz. Quite a gap, and one minute and 13 seconds behind Remco, and just under a minute, maybe 40, 50 seconds behind his teammate Roglic. Ayuso, three seconds behind him, also on quite a gap, and now also nine seconds behind his teammate Almeida. Mas moves down to uh, ninth on 250. Vlasov is still on 314, and um, Kian is now on 516, uh, which is, yeah, no good. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's the framework where we have Yumbo UAE, Remco, Roglic quite close, and then a, a collection within 10 seconds of Almeida, Vingegaard, Ayuso, uh, and Mas is really far away. I, I can't see Mas winning this Vuelta. So it, to me, it's UAE the three, Yumbo the yeah. three, and poor old Remco. Yeah, poor solo Remco there. And kind of surprising that Catanil was allowed to go all out in a time trial today. I probably wouldn't have made that goal personally, especially with Gana here and with Remco here himself. So he definitely wasn't going to win. But that aside, I reckon the hierarchy probably isn't equal in my eyes. As in, I generally see Onos Vingegaard as the previous Sepp Kuz role now. As in, a few days ago when Kuz went and attacked a bit early to make sure Remco kind of had to chase with Roglic in the wheel, for example, I see Vingegaard as that role right now. And maybe that's a decision that should be made after Tourmalet, after a stage that really, really fits him. But I feel like that is the 
the way I view the tree now, because like Remco is gonna want to attack us, and let's say Remco's not the kind of character that just does a, does a, an attack out of the saddle straight to Vingegaard to drop us in the process. He's the guy that does the the gradual pacing to try and catch back the rider that is ahead of him. So you yeah, think that I'm crazy? Fine. That was fine on Jorita Kati. That's fine on 17% on a short climb. Are you going to do that for 20 minutes on 7%? We saw that on Sierra Nevada. He was stronger than Roglic on Sierra Nevada. He was stronger than O'Connor on Sierra Nevada. But if you do it for a long time on a shallower gradient, eventually you will get countered even by a weaker rider who can then take 10, 12 yep. seconds on him. So it's tricky for him. It's really tricky for him to manage. Um, and you're right, like, he, he, in the rest day interview yesterday, Remco was like, me and UAE got to team up against Yumbo. And I think he's kind of right. But then Ayuso said, no, nah, I'm going to ride my own race. I think if one of the Yumbos attack on a climb, I don't, and Remco's there, I don't think the UAE guys are going to pace Remco back. They might attack across with Soler or someone. Yeah, but there's no way they're just going to work with Remco to pace him back. The problem you have there is, let's say you're UAE. And you've got a user when you're like, ooh, Vingegaard's attacking early. Remco's going to want to do a spacey thing, so it won't attack uh, straight up towards Vingegaard. If you're a user when you follow Vingegaard, then you've got two riders up front, but then Remco will probably respond instantly if there's two. But let's say he doesn't. Jonas might look at a user and say, well, go ahead. Because he hasn't looked that strong, Jonas, so far, so he might not be that confident that he starts riding with a user in those scenarios. So there's so many small scenarios that can happen with the with the... The three riders on each side of the of the of the of the cord with Remco in the middle, you know? Yeah. And true, like Jonas can't work with Ayuso with Koos behind. That would make yeah. no sense to help Ayuso gain time. But I think the way I look at UAE right in this race, the way Machin wants to win the overall ranking, there is no way UAE will tell Soler to sacrifice his GC. No Only chance. Only when it's like super clear that one move will win yeah, them the race. Yeah, to win the race or something, yeah. In, on stage right now, 20 or 18. Right now, there's no clear move that does that. So yeah. I reckon it's not even needed for them to do that. Almeida should just keep doing it as Almeida thingy. Slayer should just keep doing what he's doing and maybe even try and see an opportunity somewhere to gain some time because people might not see him as a real GC thread yet because, sorry, but it's still Solaire. So people are still looking at him like, okay, it's just Solaire. It's not Ayuso going up the road, for example. Even though Ayuso is like on on 222 and i reckon ayuso will just try and go all out at a certain point in this race or will try and benefit from just being good on on one of the races and so i don't see some tactical masterpiece coming from the uae side necessarily it's all about remco versus the tree and then uae kind of having their own battle to survive on the side for me yeah i think uae will try to just react to what yumbo follow 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 and yeah. then like what happened on Havalambre attack across Almeida he didn't he did not pace Remco back he attacked Remco's group on Havalambre if you go watch around three k's to go so very very interesting Yumbo. I mean Roglic looks the strongest right yeah. have we had a serious stage yet nope <laughs> so that was pretty serious but <laughs> no a I mean, serious like, mountain stage so say Tumalay will change everything Say you watched the Lusari TT stage 16 of the, and it was stage 16 of the Giro. What would you have thought before Bondone? Roglic is going to smoke him, right? Wait, what do you mean? As in, if, the, if you if saw the, Lusari before Bondone? Yeah, if they switched yeah. it around, which they should have, by the way, for the race. 
If that had been before Bondana, you would think Roglic would clean it up. Yeah. So, who knows? Um, we've got four huge mountain stages and then a brutal medium mountain stage on stage 20. Maybe Vingegaard gets better in the third week on Anglerud. Like two, he's on and two minutes, but it's to his teammate. He's only on 113 to Coos. Just Rambo. want to say that Coos was better on Anglerud than Roglic last time. Exactly. So, and that was 2020. Was it, you know, tired and whatever, but yeah. Because road three Grand Tour, so that might also influence him by for week three, though. How many people <laughs> do you think re- realistically could win this, this Welter? I realistically still believe in the chances of Roglic. Yep. I believe there's a chance for Remco, even though I don't see that chance being that significant at the moment. And outside of those two, Ayuso has that like star quality where I can see him doing something unexpected. Where you're like, whoa, okay, this man is the real thing. That's number three. And I, I need to give some chance to GC Kiss because he is realistically in a solid position for GC. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think could win Roglic, Soler, Kuz, Remco, not Almeida. Soler too. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe in Soler Velta. Soler in very hard stages is really good. If you look at the tour, man, he's actually. I don't see it. Now, of course, it's unlikely, but I think it's possible. <laughs> uh, I think his, his shape is incredible, actually. And I think One he's One of good the mountain the... stages, he's going to melt. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Um, and yeah, I think Jonas can still win. Uh, his best stages haven't come yet. Um, Almeida, I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Ayuso, you're right. Ayuso has that je ne sais quoi about yeah. him. Um, that he could just <laughs> that do something incredible, like Tour de Suisse. Yeah, you know. I'm a man of many talents. All right, that was the TT. <laughs> I thought it was very exciting. GC is still all to play. GC Coos. That's a freedom eagle, baby. Bruh. Flying over. Is that what it's it is? like an eagle riding into or flying into a bloody glass <laughs> window. <laughs> GC Coos still in red. What the fuck? He's going to run away with this welter at this rate. Okay, tomorrow's stage from Lerma to La. La Laguna Negra, Vunueza. Oh, we forgot to mention it yet because this reminded me where we are. Apparently, there's a horrific transfer on uh, between on the rest day for like yeah. some of the riders got to di- divert it to Madrid. I don't know. I think as a general principle, Europeans close your ears. Europeans close your ears. You live in really small countries. They're really small. They're not big. They're not like <laughs> Australia. They're not like Canada. They're not like the United States. They're not like Russia. Small countries. You have 21 stages. In fact, you've got nine in the first week to make your way around somewhere. Unless you start in a foreign country, why are you getting a flight on the first rest day? You really <laughs> couldn't have the race. So it's a maybe three, four hour maximum drive transfer. Like, I don't understand how you're having internal flights when it's domestic stages. And countries, I'll repeat, not, not that big. Not that big. Um, I agree that it was very much... It sounds very much possible to orchestrate a Grand Tour where you don't need a flight on the rest day to to move to the other side of the country <laughs> to do a, a stage. And it was like a five hour and a half drive, I think, if they took the actual drive. The bus has to move there anyway, so... True, yeah. But anyway, anyway. it's probably not the most comfortable to be in that bus. But you're right. We we spoke about stage 11. You said it. It was uh, Lermatula La Laguna Negra Vinuesa, 163 kilometers. And I just... 
basically took over the entire profile explanation here because I can. The stage is um is kind of a, a unipartal stage, isn't it? It's a hockey stick. <laughs> it's a it's a classic. Yeah. There's not even ramp pass here. And this is a nothing stage. Six and a half K, six point seven percent. Final five hundred meters is quite punchy, maybe ten percent plus, but the first five Ks of the climb, you know, six percent, seven percent, four percent, eight percent, five percent. Nothing too serious. No climb before. Bonus sprint in Vinueza with uh eighteen Ks to go. This is a breakaway. This is a breakaway. Quick step should chase for the stage win, but I don't think they will. Um because they they should try and use Remco's burst against uh, Koos, but I don't think they will. So, yeah. Who do you think wins, Benji? I'm, I'm, I reckon 85-15 break. I reckon it's 95-5 break. Yeah. As in, I don't see Quickstep as good enough to control whatever phase of breakaway formation we're going to have tomorrow because a lot of people want to win from the breakaway. And... Mm. um. Where has Sean Quinn been? Can I talk about that for a second? He was good in that one mountain stage. On Havalambre, wasn't he the EF class? Like, who the fuck is that in the back of the crew? Yeah. He was 16th in Burgos. This man had a kick at the end of climbs back in the day. Yeah. Like, this is the kind of break where you would be able to do well, but since he's been invisible, I can't, I can't, I can't take him. Like, I just can't pick him as a consequence. And there's many otherwise, like Rui Costa might be in the breakaway. Rune Kerkholz will be trying to get in the breakaway. Costa's a good pick, yeah. Leonard von Eitfeld will try and go in the breakaway. Um, I'm going through the list of riders because I don't know who's going to win yet. Volker Lamb might try and go in the breakaway because I reckon he didn't have a terrible time trying to do either. Are you calling it? Is that your pick? No, because he, he didn't. He got dropped straight away on that climb on stage nine. If he'd made it deeper, I would then be happier about going with yeah. him on a shallower climb, but... If you're not even the sixth, the fifth best, I'm not interested. Um, is this? I mean, they, they surely can't keep letting him get away with it, Leonard Kamner. <laughs> <laughs> he can't keep getting away with I mean, it. That's for sure. He's going to go in the break. He can win from the break. He'll need teammates though. Juanpe, where's Juanpe this vuelta? Seems seems anonymous. Santiago. So is, can someone try and move up GC again? Um. I haven't checked at this, the 11 to 25th spot in GC yet, so I don't know yet. But one thing I do want to propose for you before you mention it. I reckon it is not impossible for Filippo Ghana to win this from the break. Oh, for sure he could win. There's plenty of rollers. It's not like I said, there's no mountains before, but, all, but it, it's, it's mate, rolling before. It's also 6.5%. This man can climb on 6.5%. Nah, A serious ride will cook him. No way. I, I believe, I believe <laughs> the he, Italian eagle will rise. Thomas de Gent just decided to fuck over Rubio. That's why he won that stage. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, second on Alto Colorado at the start of the season when nobody yeah, was prepared. It's 4%. It's 4% the whole way. <laughs> there was a portion of 6%. I'm calling it. Anyway, no, no, no. The actual winner is going to be... A... What? I, I'm surprised to see Higito has at this race. I recognize some a few times from like the back yeah. of the group, but he was good on Havalambre. He was in the like last twelve. This is not hard enough for Bardet to win, in my opinion. No. Tiberi. It, Gregoire hasn't really. He's not look good. Van Eetvels looked okay. Van Eetvels or Butrago for me. Okay. Hard to How's disagree with that. Kick? Good. I think he's actually got a good kick. I'm going with my antipathy and bias, Finn Fisher Black. 
uh, good look pick. good on Havalambre, and um, I'd like to see him. UAE like to have their guys in the breakaway. So I'm going with Finn Fisher Black. I think he should get in the break he tomorrow. Was. He has a real chance. On Chile de Cati in the breakaway already, so not impossible. Yep. And a lot of Destiny will get multiple riders in. They've been doing very well this Vuelta, oh. so don't be, don't be surprised to see three Lotto in there. Who's the Spanish? Gana? Jesus Hurado. What? No. Jesus is not the Spanish Gana. Oh, Lascano. Yes. Well, I th again, I think he would need to be in there with Rubio and they'd need to use some team tactics, which was no. the plan, but it was the plan for them on the Jorge de Cati stage. He's going to drop or... everybody. Um, After all, Las Lascano wins. Okay, he did win Burgos, but that was a little bit easier than this. Uh, okay, you, you changed Lascano. I'm going with Finn. Um, and that's all. I think, yeah, Vuelta very nicely poised. Uh, we do have the, the big stage coming up is that Col du Tourmalet stage on Friday. So we've got two... I think uh, transition stages, let's say, in the next couple of days. But yeah, very finely poised. And maybe there's crosswinds we don't see. Who knows? Uh, but hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, as always, make sure to leave a review if you listen on podcast players. And we'll see you at the recap of stage 11 tomorrow. Ciao.